Welcome to the Guest X Podcast, where my co-host Brian Hamawi and I uncover the latest technologies and human-driven initiatives that are raising customer expectations and forever changing how we define customer experience across a host of industries. If you are passionate about creating incredible content and unique experiences, join us as we talk to leading product and experience experts across the globe and learn about how today's most successful brands are setting themselves apart from the competition. Welcome to the Guest X Podcast. I'm Matthew Loney here with my co-host, Brian Hamawi. Brian in Florida, I am here in Europe getting ready for... Uh, for the Focus Right Europe conference, which is uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. How are, how are things in Orlando? Things are good. Yeah, sunny, hot. It's getting we're warm. Into summer. Getting yeah, into getting summer. Into summer. That's good. Yeah, That's good. good. How is the traffic? Uh, how's the traffic been across the pond? I met with Hat Tourism. I don't know a couple weeks ago when I was over here in London. Um, and they, they definitely felt like uh, over the last couple of weeks, they had started to see, you know, I can tell you, we hadn't bought our plane tickets back yet, and I need to get on. I mean, they just keep creeping up. I think the last I saw was like $1,600 to get home. I'm almost, I almost feel like yeah. I'm going to be left a man without a country if I can't afford to get back into mine. Um, you might as well just stay where you are. <laughs> that's right. Oh, oh darn, right? Yeah. Uh, how, but how, how are things? Okay. Yeah, things are good. It's picking okay. up. Definitely feeling the summer season. Starting to see the tourism come back. So summer's going to be strong. I think it'll be good. Well, good. Well, I tell you, it's a good, uh, it's a good segue because nothing screams summer than amusement parks and water parks. So I would say a good segue to uh, to our guest today, which I'm really excited about. Again, we've done a little bit in this space, but I think. You know, when you think about hospitality and you think about these amusement parks, I mean, they're, they're really the epitome of guest experience. I mean, that's what they are selling is a day of experience for the families and stuff. So I, I think in many ways, a lot of what they do, you usually see bleeding over into, you know, industries like ours, lodging and, and things like that. So um, why don't you go ahead and, and give our guests a little intro today? We'll jump into it. Yeah, I'm excited for today's guest. We have Tim Murphy. He is a strategic executive with over 30 years of international experience as CEO, president, COO, CFO, and advisor to over 150 brands with, with 10,000 locations. His specialty is improving performance of entertainment, restaurants, food and beverage, retail, and other industries. Tim is the CEO of Boomers. He's, a board of, he's on the board of directors for Coney Park, Family Entertainment, Restaurants, and Food and Beverage. There are so many C's in there. I don't know what yeah, there's to do a lot with of C's. It. Welcome to the you know, a lot of C's. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Tim. We're uh, I'm excited to have you on. Well, thank you, Brian. Uh, happy to be here. Yeah. So to get started, um, you know, our listeners, uh, a big part of them come from the vacation rental uh, space, from the hospitality space. For, but for those that don't know you, give us a little bit of your background, uh, where you came from, how you got into this space, and where you are today. All right, I'm going to go back and forward real quick. Um, really got in this FEC space, Family Entertainment Center space, as a kid. My parents had a small miniature golf and arcade restaurant. Grew up eight years old working in that. If it wasn't that, I was working in one of my dad's business construction, welding, what have you. So I've been a little bit of everything. Fast forward, moved to Florida, worked for Disney uh, for six and a half years. So good experience with Disney, both in hospitality, service, as well as financial side of the, of the business before I moved my, on my, with my career. Got into a lot of restaurants, 
Fast forward a little bit further, CEO of a, a small uh, family entertainment center business franchisor called Rebounders. And then actually before then, I joined the board down in South America, helped uh, acquisition of 150 family entertainment centers, amusement parks in Columbia, Peru, and Chile. And I'm a board member for down there for the Carlisle Group. So in South America, I work for the Carlisle Group, but in North America, I work for Cerberus Private Equity, where we own Boomers Parks that we've owned since June 2020. So kind of fast forwarding, that background was a lot of entertainment, a lot of restaurants, a lot of food and beverage along the way. Wow. And, and, and that, to me, is one heck of a resume. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, when you think about entertainment and you think about entertainment centers, you guys are at the center, at the core of the, the whole entire thing. And you're bringing your experience from Disney into some of these smaller, but very competitive, uh, this very competitive segment in, in our market. So... Tell us a little bit about the projects you guys are currently working on. You're, you're in Boomers in the United States, something that's probably pretty familiar to a lot of families here. Tell us about what your current projects are. How did you get into Boomers and what is your current outlook into the future of Boomers? So let's just talk about how we got to where we are today and then kind of take it why we've made some switches along the way. Um, so initially we took over in June 2020 for the bankrupt company Apex Parks Group that had 16 parks. We have eight of those parks. We decided which ones we wanted to keep, um, of which are Boomers brand as well as Big Kahunas. Big Kahunas is our water parks. Boomers is our family entertainment centers. We have six family entertainment centers and two water parks. The water parks are based in Destin as well as New Jersey, uh, which was a rebrand from the old Sahara Sam's into a water park in New Jersey outside of uh, Philadelphia, Camden, Cherry Hill area. The Boomers Family Entertainment Centers, it, our corporate base is in Boca Raton, Florida, and we also have five other Boomers in California, Irvine, Los Angeles, East Los Angeles, Santa Maria, uh, Livermore, and Modesto. Um, so our focus on this when we took it over is going, we need to do something different. We want to go after and really help the guests, but who's coming into our parks? Very reviews of folks going, well, you know, we got a lot of kids coming there. Well, that's true. We have kids coming in there. You ever walk around your parks? You ever take a look at these parks? You got a lot of adults coming through here. You got a lot of 80, 85%. I'm talking water parks and, and, and family entertainment centers. 80, 85% are tweens, teens, young adults, and corporations. So we need to give them what they want. What they want is a different experience. What they want are different foods. We want them to stay there longer. That's the name of the game in the restaurant industry. How do you get them to stay there longer and buy more, you know, at the end of the day? And that's what this is about. You know, you got to be able to give them what they need. So what does that mean? Well, you're always going to have staples of foods at water parks and family entertainment centers of pizzas, hot dogs, French fries, hamburgers. You really can't get away from it, but you can change it. You can make it better. You can make it taste better. Start adding flatbreads and sliders. You bring in full liquor licenses. There's a lot of different pieces that you can bring into the process that can really make them stay there. But do you have areas for them to hang out at? In water park, you do have lots of areas, cabanas, things of that nature that might be a place that they can have kind of a base or some decent dining, but you're, you're outdoors for the most part. But also in the family entertainment center businesses, could you do something a little bit differently? Well, you can you can add space. We've created Boomer's Backyards, kind of the backyard feel with grass and heaters and Edison lights and TVs, just like you would have maybe at say um, Dave and Buster's, you're gonna watch some different games. We have them outside. I said, all right, this is kind of cool outside. How about we do something inside for these folks? Let's create a chill zone. So now they got a place to hang out inside. You wanna stay in the air conditioning? We'll put the TVs up, but we want it to be chill. 
We want it to be cool. We lowered the lights. We, we brought in some gray colors and different tones and just made this feel nicer to hang out. But you know, from the water parks, we learned something about people wanting their own space. So we started putting some VIP areas in our F family entertainment centers. People will rent a VIP area outside with their own TV, ceiling fan, refrigerator, some grass carpet and some chairs to hang out for the day. And they pay extra for that because they want their own space. Kind of worked out well. So now it, when it's not in use for VIP, well, it's additional birthday parties that people can have outside now. So we've expanded our birthday party areas because of that. Uh, we have new areas because of groups, because of those things. We still want to make the parks look great. That was really the number one goal when we took over these parks. They were deferred for a long period of time. They weren't taken care of. The attractions weren't taken care of. The paint wasn't being painted. The ACs weren't being fixed. The bathrooms are horrendous. And I've learned in the restaurant industry that bathrooms are like the number one thing that moms will go into. Um, and if it's bad, they won't tell you, they'll just leave or they won't ever come back. So we need to make them good. We need to remodel these things. We need to make them feel, smell good, look good, update the tile. It's not hard concepts. It really isn't. Um, but we need to make this experience for them. So you create the food and beverage, you create space for people to hang out and you give them what they want in a clean environment. I have, you know, I shared, you know, worked for Disney for a long period of time, always sits in the back of my mind. I always go, what will this, what would Disney do? And I put my, actually my team through Disney's Institute of Quality Service, my senior team, as well as my park managers to understand the differences between Disney and what we're doing. We need to be different. We wanna be the best FEC in the world. Um, how do we create that? We want to do that with our water parks too. How do we create bathrooms still need to be clean? You got to take care of things. Trash can't be around. Things are straightened up. People can't see boxes that were just delivered. All those things that you don't want to see. You don't want to see limbs down all over the place. I'm very particular. And you want sight lines. You want to be able to see through your park. You want people to be able to see the fun on the other side of the park so they'll go travel different areas. And so these are the things that we've incorporated, but that also did something. Changed our guest. The previous company was focused on discounting, heavy, 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 heavy discounting, season passes, discounting, just get people in the door, but they weren't buying anything. What I want is someone that says, I'm going to hang out, I'm going to spend time. This is kind of cool. I can, if I'm a, if I'm a father, I can sit and watch games. If a mother, I feel my bathrooms are clean. This place is clean. I can hang out here. I can have a good time and play, or I can just sit here if I want to, but I want to make it a place, an experience that says, I don't mind sitting here with my family. I'm having a good time. Let them have a good time versus saying, let's hurry up and go to the next place to eat. Let's, let's hurry up and go to a better place. It's a little cleaner. I still want you to have your little fun to play on the arcade or, or go-karts or miniature golf, or if you're on the slides at the water parks, but I want you to hang out. You'll hang out. Then you're gonna start eating some more of my food and you're gonna be drinking some more of my drinks and you're gonna be having a good time. And what I see from this experience, and this is my benchmark, you know, I look at reviews. We took over, reviews are horrible with this company. You know, I, I snapped, took, we took a snapshot of a year ago, we were in like 2.9 rating, you know, just barely under three. And this recently was 4.4 on Yelp and 4.4 on Google. Great, this is, this is the messages we wanna get across. But with it was the effort we've put in to create better service. Talk to my team all the time. It's eye contact with the guests. It's trying to make a relationship with the guest. If you do this, they'll buy more. 
They'll do more things. You know, I, I think it's fascinating because, Matt, I, I don't know about you. I know we've both got small kids. And uh, on my birthday this year, we decided to go to one of the smaller parks. Now, I, unless I'm going to a Disney or Universal, which is typically a big outing, we don't do theme parks here in Orlando because of a lot of the things that you said. Food's terrible. Yep. The It's dirty. The bathrooms are disgusting. I can't let my daughter go in there without and without giving me anxiety first from a security standpoint and next what's she going to catch in there um food we don't touch it just doesn't happen and so having that thought process of how do you turn some of these smaller destinations because they are destinations and improving them even for a local market like ours where we're saturated with theme, with theme parks and things to do we still don't have access to a place what you're talking about that has the good food, that has the good, comfortable ambience, where I could say to my family every weekend if I wanted to, first, it's affordable, and second, it's going to be good quality. So as a local, let's go and hang out. I am not a huge fan of being surrounded by a ton of tourists, but if I had the availability of a place like that, I think it would be a huge hit. Everything's so geared towards tourism and just getting dollars in, dollars out, and forgetting about the experience um, that it becomes very difficult for us. I think we're, we're almost a forgotten people within our own cities um, that we can become a client if, if the, the atmosphere is the right atmosphere. Um, you have a captive market. Um, I don't know. You're, you come from Destin. It's the same thing, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, no, it, it, it is. I mean, yeah, in Destin, um, most of our attractions are built for the tourists. And look, I can appreciate that. There's a lot more of them than there are uh, us residents. But I can tell you as someone in Destin and, you know, full disclosure, Explorey works just with one of Tim's parks. Uh, and, you know, and that, that, of course, is Big Kahuna's in Destin. But I can tell you what... One of the reasons we really wanted to have Tim on was because what he's talking about is not theory, right? This isn't an MBA class on turnarounds. They've done it. Um, these eight parks have, have been an incredible success story. By the way, I'm not sure if anybody caught the date. You know, June 2020, tough year to be buying, uh, a tough month and year to be buying family entertainment centers. But one thing you said, Tim, and I'd love to go back to it for a minute because it's it's something that I find it's kind of unique. But one, we, and we talk a lot about this, you talked about the importance of understanding who the guest is, right? And that's really important. But then towards the end, you also talked about how your guest profile changed. So as you, as you come to the park, and I think a lot of our lodging providers can relate because a lot of them have acquired homes or hotels that, you know, need some love and attention. How do you balance building in for the short term for the guests you have, but mm -hmm. really building in the for the long term for the guests you want? Because you can risk alienating the guests you sure. currently have until, you know, before you can get the guests maybe that you really want. So to your point, Matt, it's a balance, right? So you've got to be able to continue to provide the guests that are coming in. So let's just think about my guests that I had coming in, very discounted oriented. They weren't buying food. They weren't buying retail. They weren't, in the, in the case of the FECs, really playing the arcade. They just come in just to use the pass, move on. It's kind of like, you know, get a Groupon thing. You, you go out, you do it. You don't do anything else. I don't want to spend any more. You still got to provide quality service. 
You still got to make that place look good. What was happening in these parks for four years, deferred maintenance, nothing was taken care of. I mean, literally nothing was taken care of. They just couldn't spend it. It was, it was a Ponzi scheme when they had season passes coming in because they get money in and they can't pay tomorrow. And they got more money tomorrow, they can't pay the next day. And so, you know, that means eventually they don't pay anything. And I've looked at their previous sales where they went up year one when they decided season pass leveled off and then went down and they just put no money in these parks. They didn't have the ability to do it. So what we said is we're going to make a commitment to make the parks look good. So we're going to make it look good. We're going to have quality products. We're going to have quality food before we put flatbreads and sliders and full alcohol licenses in different places. We still want it to have quality going in. That's what we're going to deliver to the guests. Did they, were they happy that I eliminated season passes? Oh, no. I want my season pass back. Everybody wants their season pass. But did you guys ever, you, you never run a business, so you don't know what you can and can't do with that season pass. A theme park might make sense, but it's a fraction of what their physical overall sales are, season passes. Trying to run a whole business on season passes only is not going to work in water parks, in some maybe, maybe Disney's Typhoon Lagoon or something like that. But at the end of the day, or Volcano Bay at Universal, it doesn't work with the regional ones. It doesn't work with the FEC. So we still need to give what our guests need, which is good quality food, good experience, things are operating, bathrooms are clean. We start getting a different response from those guests. When you price, I, I tell my team this all the time, price never matters, never matters. I don't, you know, we, we can talk about it all day and you're right, we don't wanna alienate anybody. But at the end of the day, price never matters if the experience is right. So you got to provide the right experience. And that word gets out. Of course, we market. Of course, we put on social media. Of course, we do different things. But at the end of the day, the word gets out. That grassroots effort gets out that says, this park is pretty cool. You know, the things that they've done there. That then leads into other people coming into the park that maybe they haven't experienced it or ever seen it before getting in front of them and let them know what that experience is, that this is a cool place to hang out. But to your point, you can never alienate who you have. You have to work with what you've got. Oh, I'm always on a fine line, even when I'm talking to my boss from Cerberus uh, Private Equity, you know, don't, don't make the price too much. It's like, yeah, but let me just tell you something. We went from a check average of $20, $30 per person to $54 per person, you know, and we've done it the right way. We're holding it. You know, even during inflationary times, we're still holding it. That doesn't mean I don't run specials. Of course I do. But we're always trying to upsell after sure. they come in that door. Yeah. But you don't ever alienate enough. And you see that fine line. When they start seeing the impression that this is getting better and better each time, I'm going to come back. I'm going to bring my friends. I'm going to tell my friends about this. Of course, we're not perfect. We're striving for it. But we've improved dramatically the reviews on our parks. We're focused on that to try to make that happen. When you start doing that and you start giving someone that experience, they tell their friends, corporations come, bigger groups come, more parties. We blow out. We actually sell out all of our parties pretty much every weekend now. We, we, we're, we're trying to find more space in the park to put them in. They've used up all the interior. We're doing out exterior in places because it's a different environment. It's a different experience. And it's a good thing people want to get out after two years, right? I mean, yeah, they're taking over during the middle of the pandemic frankly sucked you know it was the worst experience i've ever had but you know as they say adversity reveals character so hopefully i have a little character in me um that we got through that and we're able to turn the park around like a total 180 and i'm just looking forward to acquiring more doing more with this so you know you guys are investing a ton in the parks we're also talking about the the, the change in the type of customer 
that it's attracting because the, the parks have improved. One topic we haven't talked about is the change in the people that actually work at the parks. Sure. That affects the environment entirely. And I can imagine, and we've talked a lot about that in the, in the show, which is the company's culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to, In order to be able to deliver good guest experience, I would imagine that all of these improvements inside of the park has affected, affected your staff on the ground massively. Absolutely. Attitudes must have changed. The way they receive the guests has changed. And then the impact has <laughs> been significant to the guests on the way that they're received. And so can we talk a little bit about the company's culture and how you guys think about, you know, your training? I mean, you come from Disney as well. We had uh, a good friend of mine, Dejuan Rivers from, from um Disney, he came on and um, we talked about the company culture and the way that they instill education and, and ongoing, you know, um, training. Do you guys do the same thing with your company and how, how do you guys handle your company's culture? It's a good question. And it started from day one. So when we took over the company employee handbook, I had 10 core values that this company was going to run off of. I won't give you all of them, but I'll give you highlights of them. Number one, though, was honesty integrity and transparency. You guys are going to know what's going on. You're going to be honest. You're not going to steal. You're not going to lie. Uh, I'm not either because the previous company was kind of didn't have integrity. It kind of goes back to my roots. I'm an Eagle Scout. And it's just one of those things that's always stuck with me, you know, that you got to have that honesty, integrity, and transparency. Number two, it's guest first and team first. And I really kind of have that in reverse order. It's really team because the team's not first then the guests are not going to be taken care of. But the guests are not there. We're not getting paid. So it's why they're kind of together. You know, and you start going down a line, we need to turn this business around. It's pro- it's innovative, profitable growth. You know, innovative risk-taking and profitable growth. Those are two core items that we have to live by. You can go down through the list, but, you know, bottom line is we definitely need to have good partners too, strategic partnerships. That Coca-Cola we brought on day one, U.S. Foods we brought on, but there's others that we've started to work with that are good partners for us. We do believe in social responsibility. We do give back. We open up our parks to different groups. Um, very big believer in an advisory board for crime survivors in Southern California. We, you know, we want to help them and, and keep them going forward, but we do this with other groups by opening up the park. I would rather all day long give away time and space, put my hourly folks working as well as, you know, my, my management team working for these groups to provide them a safe environment. Crime survivors that we help in Southern California, these are individuals that have suffered serious crimes, maybe deaths in families, rapes, so forth. They need a place to go to with their family. They need a place they feel safe. We open up right before Thanksgiving, right before Christmas. We, we also open up uh, near Easter. We, we participate in runs. So we want to give back. It's part of our culture. Now, with it, how do we how do we display this? Okay, we got these 10 core values that we go by. I talk about it every single week, every time with my management team. I reinforce it with the management team. I make sure that they understand. It's kind of the, I took one thing from Disney. Guys, you have, we all have problems. We all th- have things at home that we've got to worry about. But when you go on stage, this is Disney, you're on stage when you pass that door. And, you know, you need to think that way. That means maybe acting, you know, you're acting, you want to make sure it's a good environment and you're acting on behalf of your guests that are there. They don't care that you just had a bad day. I'll give you a prime example. I just, I had to go to an emergency room the other night 
I come in, I'm in pain. I mean, I have rheumatoid arthritis and it was a point where my hand was swelling up and it's like, I need something because my hand is like, I can't feel the end of my fingers. And the lady comes in and says, oh, I'm in pain too. That's taken, trying to check me in. It's like, really? I'm here to get help. I'm not here to help you necessarily. Thank you for sharing that with me. Frankly, I don't care. I'm in pain. I need to be taken care of. Now, does that sound conceited? Maybe it does because I'm, but I'm at a hospital to be taken care of. So the guest feels the same way when you go out on stage, you may have problems. You may have to divorce. You may have whatever. You may have an abusive relationship. But when you go out on that, out on stage, you're, you're trying to make that guest smile. And it was the interesting thing. I do team um, events, meaning a, like a town hall. I go to each of the parks and I talk to the team. Uh, my, my, my job, my goal is once a quarter to talk to every park, everybody, hourly management. I separate them at the end. Hey, what's right? What's wrong? What can we do better? But I listen. And you know, one thing that came out that I was really interested in, actually two things. One was what they would like, a career path. You know, you think about it, you know, we, we go up in businesses, we do different things. We all have our own goals, but some people just don't know what that next level is if they came out of high school or whatever, you know, so we're, we've built a career path and, and, and we're rolling that out. We're putting it into the break rooms. So they can understand what's going on. We're, we're going to give them an area. Hey, you want to become a park manager or, or regional somewhere down the road? We'll show you how to get there. Um, it's over a period of time, but we'll show you, we'll, we'll create mentorships for them. But one thing was really interesting. I thought, why do you work here? Why do you work at Big Kahunas? Why do you work at Boomers? And they said, it's the team and the smiles we see on the guest face. That's what makes me want to work here. Interesting. So, guys, when you go out on stage, remember that. You know, this is why you're here. You're trying to make a smile with these individuals. And, you know, by with it, by, by doing the core values and getting them to understand this whole process, it sticks with them. Of course, we have them everywhere. We have them laminated all behind the scenes, sometimes in some of the guest areas as well. You, you, you can see it. I'll tell you that what the core values are, but we talk about it every week. And it's just in the beginning, it was Tim beating, you know, the, the, the drum. And now I got management involved. I've got hourly individuals involved. It's becoming ingrained. Doesn't happen overnight. I will say four times of opens and closes with the pandemic didn't help this whole process, but we're getting there. We continue to work on it, but it's not something you just stick out there. If you've got core values, it's something everyone needs to know and why. I explain what each one means. I start interrelating. You know, what is, you know, profitable team built team experience? You know, what are some of the things we have to look at? And we, I get them to think about this more and more. Is it exactly where I want it to be? No. Did I know I was going to have to make some management changes over time? Oh, yeah. Um, but those things happened. People are on board. We have a good structure. I believe people are really believing in it. And the idea here is it will sustain. It will sustain well past Tim Murphy or, you know, this group. And that's what I want this to be with Boomers Parks because that is ultimately what's going to be the success of Boomers is following the core values. And that changes the culture. And by people believing in it, because not everyone believed it. Not everybody wanted to do it. This is work. Think about this. I have to be honest. Transparent. No one was ever transparent before. You know, we never really took care of the guests. We just kind of served them. No, no, it's got to change. You got to think about every guest as a guest, every team member as a guest. How do we help them? We want to be the employer of choice for our team. And we've put a lot of different benefits in where we're now giving them meals for everything over five hour shifts they work. Uh, they have snacks uh, for under five hours. It, it's things that maybe they were taking before. 
But at the end of the day, you know, I want them to have that ability, but it's also allows us to control costs too. We know exactly what we're giving away and what we're doing, but we're helping our team members. We're giving lots of different benefits to the, the full-time staff as well. So we want to be employer of choice. We want to be the best in the family entertainment and water park industry and striving for that. I don't know if that helps. I hope that does. So. Yeah, no, I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, it really is. I think Matt, one of the things that's uh, that to me struck home is guest smiles, and that is all about hospitality. If you um, being on stage, so yeah. Disney instills something in me when I did training, and I, I worked at a few of the parks. I did Blizzard Beach, and I did you know all that kind of stuff, and it was always getting on stage, forgetting about who you really are and right. everything about the guest and making them smile. And uh, that stuck with me for, for well, until today. And that's really why I'm in hospitality. I think one thing that, whether we're working vacation rentals, hotels, theme parks, or anything like that, really we chose this industry because we're in it for the guests. We love an aspect of the industry. And that to me is seeing a guest smile. More than the adults, for me, it's the kids. If a parent texts me and they're like, oh my God, my kids absolutely loved your house. You have been the best host ever. Sometimes I'm at dinner and I receive these texts and I show them to my wife and I'm like, this is, despite everything bad that's happening throughout the day, this absolutely made my day. Yep. Uh, and that's why I'm in it. Yeah. So it, it if you can make people smile at the end of the day, right? I mean, it's, it, 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 and it's a different mentality, right? It, it, I, I keep thinking sometimes when I talk to some of my park managers, because I've, I've, I've been to all my parks after hours, during daylight, whatever it might be. And I go, the lights are out here at night. Do you guys walk your park? Do you look at that? But these little things is what a guest sees, right? How do you, how do you make it extra special? That they're not going to care that the lights are on off, right? But they're going to notice if it's off. But the little things, the cracks and sidewalks, the rips and tears, and maybe miniature golf, or you know, you didn't paint something correctly in one of the water parks. It's like people understand that, but if it, they feel really good about coming out there, it's so much easier to smile with them when you walk past them and go, "I feel pride and I have sense of ownership in this location," and and that's what all, all team members need. Yeah. If they have to take the sense of pride, are they all there? No but we're working on it. We're going to strive for perfection. We're never going to hit it, but we're going to keep striving for perfection because the more that we do that, I know what happens when I look at the ultimately EBITDA bottom line, it increases, you know, and that's why I tell my team, you know what? Price never matters. If, if we were only just talking about price in an inflationary period, okay, it's one thing, but if you're going to show them an experience, they're going to remember that because they're very discerning where their dollars go now. So if you're really thinking about how to create a better experience, price will never matter. They don't care how much you spent as long as they remember they walked away with a really good time. Name again. Yeah, the well, we used to say when I was in the restaurant industry, you know, price is the lowest form of loyalty. Right. So the minute the minute the economy takes a little bit of a turn, the middle of the minute there's a little bit of a hiccup in someone's personal life, you're the first one to go. Or just the minute there's a competitor who's willing to charge less, uh, even at a point where they can't make money, they're going to leave you. But if, right. if, if you're providing that experience and that value, and I think that's really what, what we're getting to, it's less about price and more about value. If I feel like my dollar's going further, then I'm willing to spend more. The, the restriction on price, I think, is when you feel like you're overpaying for the experience that you're getting. You know, Tim, as we 
as we look to wrap up, one might suggest that the re, you know while a really tough part of getting these eight parks turned around you know is is really really difficult. Maybe even a more difficult part would be you know you've now set that expectation right, and so now you got to figure okay where do we go from here? Where before it might have been well there's one direction we can go. It's just a question of you know, how much better can we make it, but we're going to make it better. But now you got these parks and I'm sure to your point, some are humming better than others, but you've got them, you know, we're, we're a couple years later now. So what, what are you guys looking to do as you move forward? How do you continue to not reinvent the parks, but continue, you know, to give people new and exciting reasons to come and spend their money um, what are the things that you guys are focused on now that you've reached this point in, in I think, the, the evolution of this turnaround? Okay, so I'll say three things, three main things that we're focused on. One, continuing to pro- provide better quality food and retail products that we can put out for folks. The more that we do, the more we elevate the brand. So that's number one. Number two, there are attractions that we do want to put in but it's not like I want to go buy something off of a black box and put something in my park. A lot of people sell their wares. We're actually trying to create some different things in augmented reality, very unique things I think we can patent and put in our parks. And that could be water parks as well. Um, So that's number two. And number three, we're frankly focused on, I'll say even two sets of this. One, we want to acquire more parks and turn them into boomers. If there's a good water park, that's a, a decent price. We'll look at that too. The, the reasons, the differences between, and just kind of pointing it out right there between family entertainment and water parks is water parks, you have six times the amount of employees as far as space, repairs and maintenance, supplies, harder control. And when you have weather, weather can really impact overall operations where an FEC can run 12 months out of the year. So we'll, we'll continue to look at that, but we will look at acquiring and we're, um, since I've done a lot of franchising in my career, we'd like to franchise our brand of boomers. There are 5,200 FECs in the United States. We have six. So there's a few opportunities, I think, in front of us to maybe look at. Uh, you know, even you look at Dave and Buster's, what do they got, 146? Uh, you know, so it's not huge. There's a lot of opportunities we can take a small park, turn it into what we do. You know, the FECs are those that are your local park you're going to go to hang out. We want it to be the best experience. And Brian, to your point, love to have one in Orlando since I live in Orlando too. Um, but we are looking at something pretty close to Orlando, not right here. But um, there are definitely some opportunities to acquire. And then ultimately, we'd like to franchise what we do. We believe we've worked in eight different markets. We've figured out how to turn them around and it's about guest experience. It's about quality. It's about good food. And then I, I think, you know, the world is ours. And that's kind of how we're looking at it, Matt. I can't wait to see what you guys do here. Yeah, it's going to be exciting, isn't it? It is going to be exciting. Hey, um, Tim, if people want to get a hold of you guys, um, you know, maybe they've got family entertainment centers that might be that, that might be a good acquisition target for you guys or interested in maybe – you know, maybe that franchising model coming up or what have you, what's the best way to do that? Hey, email me, email me directly, Tim, T-I-M at boomers, B-O-O-M-E-R-S-P-A-R-K-S.com. Excellent. Well, hey, Tim, I know we, uh, this took us a while to get this uh, all put together. We we wanted to get, get it done last year, but uh, I'm glad that right as, as we kick off summer, I think this is a great episode and wish you guys the best of luck. I, I realize that 
you know, with most of them being the family entertainment centers, you know, they are open year round, but I got to believe there's still a pretty good seasonality to some of that business over the summer. So yeah. wish you and the team the, the best of luck and really do appreciate your time and know you're busy. Well, hey, Matt, Brian, really enjoyed it. Um, hopefully your listeners get something out of this, but always happy to reach out if anyone wants to talk to me about it. So. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks. That's it for this week's episode of GuestX. Be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com. That's guest, the letter X, podcast.com. And follow us on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. We are Mr. Guest Experience, Brian Hamawi and Matthew Loney signing off and reminding you to always create a customer experience worth talking about. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.